The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Ugh, I'm not in the mood. Do we have to do this? Yes. Wait, are we recording? Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Alley Colbert Show. So I'm joined by Hannah Dickinson and Hannah Dickinson is incredibly, incredibly funny and she's a stand-up comedian and she has a special on epics that I watched and really enjoyed. But every time I see Hannah live, she's amazing. And she also has tons and tons of content on Comedy Central and her Instagram and Twitter are both amazing. What are your, what's your handle there? Hans Dickey. Oh yeah, Hans Dickey. (laughs) And um, oh my God, we got to talk about Lil Dickey. Oh my God. Did you watch the finale? I did. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the finale. Is that I bad? I really loved the finale. Maybe I got to rewatch it. Penith? You watched Penith? <laughs> yeah. His mannerisms are so weird when he's like, and I'm like, oh, like do you know what I'm... Yeah. Someone's got to do a good Dave impression, I feel. Mm, yeah, I'm sure. But when I first met you, Hannah, I, I forget what show I saw you at. But I remember being like, oh my God, she's so funny. And like, why don't I know her? Like I had an actual one of those like reactions, which is kind of like special when you have that as a comedian. That's so nice. Instead of like, you, you either watch someone on stage, you're like, I hate them. I'm tuning this out. Or, or you're like, I like, but I was like, oh, whoa, you're really good and really memorable. And I remember that you do a USC pap smear joke. It was so funny and I'll butcher the joke, but something about how you, there's the case, like people were getting molested at USC and you said that you got a pap smear there and it felt so good or something like that. Um, but, uh, your standup is so great. And something I feel about your Instagram when I see like the content you post is that like, you have such a good, you just have such good, like, um, like off the cuff, like jokes and, your delivery and just like the pacing of your stuff feels like so right. Like you just feel like such a natural, natural talent. That's so nice. Oh, I totally mean it. Like I totally mean it. Like I don't have any guests on this podcast. I've had like two people on. I was like, can I come on your podcast, please? I was like, you were like one of the few people I wrote down as people I wanted to have. And I wanted to do a podcast with you for a long time. And then you decided to do one with that girl you went to elementary school with. Okay, first of all, I started by crushing. myself. No, I know, I know. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm just going to do this. And then... No, I know. I'm, I'm just giving you shit. But you had just moved from LA and now you're in New York and now I'm in LA. So we're never really in the same place for too long. But basically, hi, you're so funny and everyone should follow her, but we should just talk about things before I keep plugging you. Wait, what do you do at Comedy Central? That's a very good question. Because I thought you were in the creators program. No, so I was. And you were kicked out. (laughs) Yeah, they were like, can you please get out of here? No, I'm now on the social team. So I've worked there for three years. And is that the office? Where is that office in New York? Well, it's... All right, don't give the exact address. Oh, whoops. (laughs) No, please come to... And, and walk me home. Uh, yeah, it's three foot. Um, it's it's B Hudson. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then, but I think they're moving to Times Square. But so is that stuff like when you're in the social department? Are you writing like front facing stuff for you to be on camera? Yeah, or like tweets or a lot of the captions that you see for their content. It's wow, like this that's is sh- you? Yeah, that's me. Oh my God. Yeah, so... Putting your wisdom to... That's... I feel like... Workaholics the- captions, baby. That's <laughs> kind of my wheelhouse. <laughs> that's my sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. But I thought that you... And by the way, I didn't know you were on the... Were you on the Comedy Central Live at the Cellar? No, I auditioned. I didn't get passed. Okay, sorry. So I just Thanks wanted to bring, it up. bring that up right off the top. You were rejected from I the Cellar. Rejected. Is that right? That's correct. But you know what? Like I said to you before... My favorite people in the world don't perform at the cellar. In fact, I would say my least favorite people perform at the cellar. <laughs> I'm joking. Ask Steve Bookme. Um, but I would love to perform at the cellar, but I get such bad anxiety. Like even last night I did a show at Westside Comedy Theater. Oh my God. I did one of those a few weeks ago. Yeah. The, and the stakes are so low there. I know. That's why I love it. But that's- But I, I freaked myself out about that. I was like, how embarrassing would I would it be if I like was rejected from this place? Yeah, kind of. What happened to you? Tell me. Well, no, I was just saying I was so stressed out last night because I hadn't been doing stand-up. Like, I don't do it every night like we used to. Same. 
So the thought of going up at the cellar right now is like, I don't even want that. Like, I think I would just be shitting my pants constantly. Yeah. And I just, if to bomb at the cellar would be like, I'm not in like emotional. Me last Saturday. Did you bomb? I've bombed there a few times and it's not, com- it's not comfortable. And one time Esty watched and she like iced me out for a little bit of time. Oof. Yeah. It's like punitive. How many bombs do you get at that thing? I don't know. Some people get like one bomb. Some people, it, it's really feels arbitrary and like very like you're like you're walking on eggshells. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that either. It's like that doesn't that good comedy doesn't come from that place of like I'm afraid to like try. Exactly. And, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I used to be like, oh, I have to like get the seller before I'm 30 or like have these weird benchmarks. But then I heard um, Tom Segura on a podcast mm-hmm. and he goes, I'm 40. He's like 45 or something. He's like, if I'll be doing stand up for probably the next 15, 20 years. He's like, that's a long time. And then I'm, tw- I was think 27 when I heard that. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to be doing comedy for a long time. So it's like, what's the fucking rush? Yeah. I don't want to be like in a place where I'm like, <gasps> like sweating before I go on. No, that's I, not why I you're doing stand up. Yeah. I hate the pressure of stand up. I'm like, I want to be doing it f- for fun. And so you, like me, went to film school. Did you, when you were going to film school, you went to USC, right? Yeah. Know that you wanted to be a stand-up comedian? No. What were you thinking at the time? I'll just waste my parents' money. Exactly. Right. No. So I want to go to UVA. Okay. And then my friend- Great school. I got waitlisted for a week. Ay, ay, ay. I got in. I just want to let oh, everyone- you got in? Eventually, yeah. You're I got so the waitlist. You're so smart. I'm finding out all about your college. Like, Look, what, did you, what was your SAT? High, uh, my, so this is the issue. Oh. I was a straight-A student. Mm-hmm. Four AP classes my junior year. Straight-A's. 1820 on my SATs. Horrible, okay. horrible. Okay. What was the part that, what section took you down? Math. No, math was my highest. Really? It was the words. It was those those big words that they use. Wow. I, I don't, you know, I'm not a reader. Okay. I'm not a reader. And I didn't, I have really bad ADD, which was confirmed in rehab. Um, they scanned my brain. I do have ADD. I couldn't read through the essays fast enough. And I think it's because if I had a little bit of Adderall, I think I would have gone to Harvard and I think I would be a president right now. What? That's, Let's break that down. Why didn't you take Adderall? My parents didn't believe medication. Okay. And are your parents Republicans? They were. You know, they're on and off. They're small business owners. <laughs> so did they vote for Trump the first time? Yes. But Who did they didn't? vote for Who Biden didn't? the second time? Yes. And that is the journey of life. Then that's the thing. It's like, I'm a white woman. It's bound to happen. I can't right. punish my parents forever. So do you take Adderall now? Uh, no, I take Vyvanse, which is different. What is that? Vyvanse is like slow release. Oh yeah, of course. But I was, so before I went to rehab, I was like heavily addicted to Adderall. Sure. I was addicted to everything, I guess you could say. So. But I was like very low key about it. So no one knew that I was. I think I remember you telling me this and I didn't. So you have a quality about you where like you're so honest and you have such an awareness that it, when you say things that are a little alarming, they're almost not scary because you sound like someone who's so in control. That's... Do you know what it, but that, but if you're saying, oh yeah, I'm addicted to Adderall. I can meet you at seven. I'm like, okay, you seem like you're aware of what's going on. You're exercising control and you're smart, but like addiction is addiction, right? Yeah. Wait, did I tell you to say that to you? I think you said something to me about how you're addicted to Adderall. And I, I thought like I, couldn't tell so how scary that would be. It's not that it wasn't like addictions all like, you know, you can compare yourself to anyone. So you could be like, oh, like I had a guy friend who was so addicted to Adderall, he stayed up for like 48 hours at a time. And I met this woman in rehab who was in there for Ritalin. And she was like, there were I would go weekends. Just with, staying awake. Just staying awake. Like her just fold husband laundry. and kids would go on trips and she would literally be in the attic just rearranging shit. And she was like, I would <laughs> I would black in and not have, she was like, I'd black in and they'd come home from the trip. And she's like, I would still think it's Friday and it's Sunday. She goes, not only is the attic not clean, it's dirtier than I started. And I hadn't eaten or sleep, had sleep in three days. So oh when I talk God. about addiction to Adderall, no, I'm not that. But it's like, was I taking too getting much Adderall? Bump. What? Getting like the bump of it. The high of it, yeah. Well, I'll say I took Adderall yesterday and I don't have ADD, but what has happened and I kind of judge myself on this and I, I'm not like the spon- this like podcast isn't like sponsored by like, and don't take Adderall. Like I, but I, uh, I think that it's, 
So I'm not prescribed it. My girlfriend has ADD, bad ADD. By bad, I mean like she really has trouble like focusing on like something that is like reading or like paperwork or anything like that, doing bills or like replying to emails without Adderall. But fortunately for her, she's a yoga teacher. So she basically never takes Adderall until she like lets her chores build up to the point where she like can't move through them sober. (laughs) And then she'll take an Adderall. And then she would, and I have like a lot of some like paperwork to do sometimes and like writing and like I tutor some of these kids, like I told you, these like college applicants and like I go through their essays and like I edit them. So I was like, oh, let me try taking a piece of this because I always heard people doing that in high school. I never did it. And it's like so intense. I felt it to be so intense. It's not slow release. My jaw was like clenched all day. I was up to like 4 a.m. last night. Yeah. And then you wake up at like 8 a.m. feeling rested. It's like, or you're just wired. Pretty wired. Yeah. And I have bad anxiety too. So I I can't imagine that combination because it makes me so anxious for the three times I've taken it. And then I have a come down where I feel depressed. Exactly. Yeah. No. So I was taking, this was May. I was coming out to LA for that trip. Yeah. I, my boyfriend had broken up with me. I was convinced I took an Adderall before the flight because I was like, oh, I'll get some work done. And then I felt so anxious on the flight. I took an Adderall. This is the flight back from where? Miami? No, this is when I was flying out to LA for my birthday trip. Yeah. And he was supposed to be with me, but he broke up with me. I didn't me. know he was supposed to come. <sighs> yeah. Well. Oh, maybe I did. Yeah. I I don't know. Okay. It was whatever. But I was like, oh, I'll take an Adderall to get work done. And then I was so anxious. I took an edible. And then I was, that made me paranoid. So I had two cocktails. <laughs> After all that combination hit, right. I d- bought the Wi-Fi off Delta. Uh-huh. And I texted him and I was like, I know you fucking cheated on me that week in a Mother's Day. I know you didn't go home, you fucking liar. Is that true? Nah, he texted me back his his train ticket. He definitely went home. Why did you think you just was the, because co- the cocktail? He, well, it was a cocktail of like paranoia, but the Adderall I think started because he used to always, he didn't answer my FaceTimes that weekend. He had told me the weekend before when he was supposed to visit me that he couldn't because he had planned his friend's birthday party. But then it came out that it was like a combination party that he was like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be actually two people's birthday. I'm like, oh, if you plan the party, like he was lying, Mm -hmm. but I jumped to like cheating and not going home the next weekend. And because he wouldn't answer my FaceTimes, I was like, he must have not actually gone home and he must have been cheating on me. And not wanting to like show you where he is. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But that was me on a lot of substances. But I guess the main one was Adderall, me being like, I know he fucking. And I was like, and being like wired up about it. Exactly. Being so furious. I had to spend $40 on the Wi Fi because I wanted it the whole flight so that I could. Right. You're like, an hour won't do. I was like, <laughs> well, what if he responds an hour later? Like, I need, yeah. I need this time. How long were you guys dating? Yeah. How long were you guys dating? <sighs> so embarrassing. No, it's okay. Like three weeks, three months. That's fine. But he like moved in with me. So how did that happen? Because he was at home in Boston and we met when he was. And you were at home in the Carolinas? No, no, no. I was, I had my apartment in New York. <laughs> oh, okay. So he comes down from Boston. Yeah. And he's staying at the Soho Grand. And oh, I love that hotel. Oh, me too. It's awesome. And everything around it is so great. The restaurants. I know. Well, why do you think why I fell in love with him? We should go stay there. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's so fun. It's so easy. That's why I think I fell in love with him. So, or yeah, we just I loved the hotel. <laughs> I just literally, the robes, they have robes on lock. And in COVID, those are rare. Yeah. And they still had them. Yeah. So. That's great. He was, it was Valentine's Day weekend. We met that Friday night. Was this, this was your first date in person? We, yeah. He like, we met. I'm getting confused. Did you match on Hinge? Yeah, yeah. How is, what is your radius? 3,000 miles? No, no. He set his Hinge in fucking New York. Okay, red flag number one. The amount of red flags that I just skied past yeah. is. But I guess, you know what? It's like, it's a mixed bag because during quarantine, who's really concerned with like, oh, he set his radius separately. He's in Boston. He maybe wants to meet like a cool chick. Well, because he lived in New York and he was like, well, I knew I was coming back. So it's like, I don't want to date someone in Boston. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. That feels fair. Yeah. So we spent the whole weekend together at the Soho Grand. He extended his trip so we could like be together. He extended his trip. That's what he said. Well, no, he like literally called the front desk and extended his stay. So he sets his radius here. You guys hang out. He extends it. So it's already sounding like this is already too intense, right? It was way too intense. But did it? Okay. So I've had relationships that feel intense like this. 
especially the start, because this is like a trademark of lesbian relationships. He he's a big he's, he's a lesbian. lesbian. <laughs> he's your lesbian boyfriend. Like he was trying to U-Haul you, move in with you. No, he did. Right. He did move in with you. Extending the trip is like such a dramatic codependent thing that's like masked as romance. <laughs> I know. And I just hadn't had someone like But it's like nice. It, exactly. I hadn't had someone it so into me. Exactly. He was filling every hole that weekend. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it felt because oh. I hadn't been with someone who like truly liked me in a while, which sounds really pathetic. But I was like. It doesn't like, sound pathetic. It's just honest. People feel this way. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, this isn't nice. creepy. This is, you know, everything he this did. This is love. Yeah. I was like, he loves me. And then I went I, to rehab. My therapist was like, Hannah, obsession. I was like, you don't understand though. He was obsessed with me in the beginning. And my therapist was like, obsession is not love. Right. And I was like, okay, fucking. And my therapist's name was too. Sorry, giving away his name. Oh, okay. We can bleep it. I don't know. At blank Hudson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, my therapist's name was the same name as my ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Am I supposed to cut out the... <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking care. Right, right. And so, so, so anything... What is that, the phrase that people say? They're like, the hotter it burns, the faster it burns out. Something like that. Oh, the, they, the brighter the light, the faster the burn. Something like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but I know what you're saying. But it's like, so, okay, a few things. I, I mean, actually, I have a bunch of questions. But like, did you think... Cause we were I, getting married? Well, I know you thought that because I was going to be invited as the witness in Miami on like a Tuesday night. But did you like, at that point, are you thinking you're in love with him? I thought I was in love with him. Yeah. And what do you think now? That's so interesting. I, I was thinking about this the other day because I met with my new therapist and I was like, I had a relationship with a guy in college one time. I had a relationship with a guy one time. And it, for a year and a half. And I, I do like genuinely still love him, but mm -hmm. I didn't feel that high of love that I felt with this guy that I just was with. Like mm -hmm. I felt like my body felt so in love with this person. But now I think it was a manipulation and I was in a bad place with myself. And it was the first time I felt love outside of my, it was like the first time I felt love because I wasn't giving it to myself. So yeah. I think it was like this desperation to feel that, that it felt like a high. Yeah. And it was like, I was on low for so long. Like I just wasn't giving myself any love. And so the amount he gave me was like filling this hole that I was like not giving to myself. So I think it was like an addiction part of, like I was addicted right. to everything. Right. So I think it was more of just an addiction than love. I don't think I wasn't, I, who he turned into, which was like a person who yelled at me all the time. Probably who he always was. Not uh, yeah, exactly. And he used to say things like, I used to be an asshole, which is like, mm, <laughs> what does that mean? You'll see soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was like basically a foreshadowing, but there's no way I could be in love with that person. Like, I'm not even like, oh my God. There's some days when I'm like, think about, I'll walk by the Soho Grand and I'm like, ah, those were the days. Those were the weeks. <laughs> yeah. Those were, those the, were the hours. <laughs> yeah. Those <laughs> oh god those glorious minutes yeah he spent a lot of money on me though so I gotta give him that but um yeah I there are moments that I miss and like I can take away aspects of like his pretend personality that I want right but I don't think he's a real person like I was just like I bought into this bullshit it feels like I bought a Gucci bag and found out it was fake I was like this fucking thing's it fell apart after two weeks. It, I was well, like, Ugh. It really sounds more like you saw a fake Gucci bag and the guy selling it was like, it's real, it's real. <laughs> then you bought it and then saw that it was fake again. Exactly. And you like convinced yourself for a second. Because yeah. he's coming out the gate so hot. I mean, we said this the whole way through, at least to to you and I were like, this is too good. This is what's going on here. Yeah. You were always like, I don't know what's going on. This is going to blow up. I have no idea. I hope it doesn't. Fingers crossed. It seems real. I mean, those were like… You know? Yeah. Is like, that fair to say or you don't think? No, no, no. 100%. I was like, because he would do things that I was like, he would like get really upset. Like there would be a girl in the middle of the street. We'd be walking down the street in New York. He'd be like, oh, it's, I hate when girls are in the middle of the street. And I was like, like oh my you know, God. like annoyed. And I was like. That's a weird, that's an all scary amount of anger to have towards like no, nothing. Exactly. And I wouldn't even notice the girl. I yeah. was like, who are you talking about? Like, I, I mean, I'm so ADD that my mouth is open. I'm like staring at it. I'm like, who are you talking about? And he was like, <laughs> talking so about you. <laughs> literally. But then he would get mad at me. Like I left the towel on the ground in Miami at the hotel at the end. And he was like, you left the towel on the ground. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot, I cannot be with someone who like picks fights like that. Like my ex was like that. That I remember one time we had this fight where she was like, you left my yoga mat on the ground. 
I was like, don't they like, aren't they made for the ground? <laughs> Isn't, that what it, Isn't that like saying like, you left my pillow on the bed. Like that's <laughs> what that's for, right? Like you, that's what you want to pick fights about. Clearly you have a mood disorder. That's the thing. And that's you, the thing. This well, is about mood disorders. No, it Not is. Not ours. We sound great. We're like, I checked with my new therapist. I checked with my old therapist. When I was in the psych ward, they told me. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, when I was in lockdown, when they were tied, when I was tied to the bed, they told me I was right. I had this realization in that street jacket where he's the problem. He's the problem. <laughs> yeah, according to my medication that I'm on, I feel so much healthier. In the middle of this episode, I just see two nurses take you out of this room. You have, like a, you have a power band attached to your uh, your ankle. Yeah, I'm on house arrest. <laughs> Um, we got into two like screaming fights, like at the top of our lungs to the point where I'm like, am I going to get hit? Yeah. Or I, it was crazy. And my, my brother's fiance, who was my friend from college, I was like telling her about it. That's so fun. Yeah. It's great. Well, I called her and I was like, Hey, does Max, who's my brother? I'm like, does Max ever yell at you for, and she's like, I'm going to stop you right there. Max has never yelled at me. What do you mean yell at you? Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's kind of weird. He yells. And then I was like, asking how loud does he yell? What's up? Like pretty oh loud. He yelled at me for um, putting his back, putting my backpack on his couch. It oh, was my like, God. For not closing the shower curtain because it mildews. Apparently, I didn't even know that. <laughs> fact, so he like even... raises his voice, screams. Yeah. My girlfriend, um, if I'm like, I really don't think this, this tone, I really don't think that's the right move. I'm sorry. She calls that yelling. Yeah, she needs to meet my ex-boyfriend. I know. I'm like, that's just like, I'm an intense person. I'm like trying my best, but I'm not always like, I don't know what you should do. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I have opinions. Well, no, it's one thing to be passionate, but there's another thing to be like, like screaming your face off of. Yeah. Yeah. That's and scary. also trying to hold back. So it would be like he was yelling, but he was like trying to hold back his anger, which is scary. Like you can tell when someone there's anger behind. Right. And that's what it's like. It's like in their whole body yeah. and in their eyes. And you're right. like, oh you're, you're shit. Like, you're capable of crimes. Yeah. Literally. I was like, oh my. And that's when I. So why didn't you break up with him? I kind of did on the last time I, well, the last time we hung out at, cause he moved to New York and I moved home and I was visiting him and he did something. He took your apartment from you. <laughs> yeah. He literally evicted me and I was paying the rent. No, uh, but he did something that like, I thought was unacceptable. Uh-oh. Yeah, it was just like pretty abusive. And um, I like went home and my parents were like, what's wrong? And I was like, I just don't know if I know this person as well as I thought I did. And that Tuesday, because I went home on a Sunday and that Tuesday, he like called me and I was like, I'm just still really upset about what happened on Sunday. He's like, you're still fucking upset. You said you were over that and now you're going to hang it over my head. And I was like, okay, like, I don't know. And I was like, I think we need to take a break. Yeah. I was like, for a week, let's just not talk. I really want you to see a therapist. Like, I think you're a great person, but you need to work out this anger. And within that week, we didn't talk. And then I was like lonely and missed him. And then I was like, let's just try to see each other. Because we were supposed to go to LA on this trip. And then we never saw each other after that. Because I just don't think he want to work on himself. And I yeah. think he knew that like he couldn't change. Like I think he realized that I knew who he really was. Did he have like family trauma? Yeah. What was his trauma around? Like why is he so angry? Where I is mean that from? his dad left. His yeah. dad was an alcoholic. Yeah. So I'm sure he's like that behavior was like modeled for him of like exactly and, like, relationship. And he once told me that his house was in his name. His parents house? Yeah. Because he had to take it. So I read this thing or I watched this TikTok. I read this thing. <laughs> I watched a TikTok. That's so, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah I read an article. But this is an Instagram story. <laughs> I've, been, I've been reading a lot of studies. Snapchat. Yeah, literally subtitles on my HBO Max. But this guy, it was like definitely because I was looking up narcissists and like how they operate. Yeah. And it was basically the pattern of a narcissist, which is they start out really strong. They buy you things. He took me to Nobu, Miami. It was just like everything I did was amazing. And then slowly they start gaslighting you and saying mean things and be like, I'm kidding. And he'd be like, I'm kidding. You're a comedian. Can't you take a joke? Oh, I hate that. And I was like, yeah, but it's, it's a joke. I hate you, fat cunt. <laughs> exactly. It's a joke. Don't you get it? Ha ha. You smell like shit, you big fat loser. And it's like, oh yeah, that's funny. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, comedy. <laughs> but this guy was like, 
narcissists are in arrested development. So like when they were kids, they missed the developmental stage of emotional maturity. I thought you were talking about the show for a second. No, no, this is a TikTok that I- Jason (laughs) Bateman? No, this TikTok was, this guy was saying narcissists, they, because they skip the developmental portion of their emotional growth or whatever. So Uh they don't emotionally grow. So their first emotion is anger because it's the most easy to access. Yeah, right. So, and I, you know, before this TikTok, I had no idea. So that's what I think happened is he was like, we've diagnosed him from TikTok. Exactly. I Basically, I'm a therapist. He's my patient. He's not my boyfriend. <laughs> and this is from TikTok, but it, it all added up. Is yeah, what I'm it's a, I, it is a study backed by 95% of doctors today. <laughs> yeah. And then I feel bad because I'm like, clearly he does have issues, but also I don't think it's fair that and I- you're, And you don't. <laughs> yeah, literally. I'm fine. But you play no role in this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I guess the point is I do feel bad because it's like clearly his issues, but at the same time, he doesn't give you a right to be a fucking abusive asshole. Yeah, no, it's not. You're too old. He's too old. Yeah, that's no, there's no license to be abusive, an abusive asshole, even if you're young. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, you know, if you work on yourself, it's bound to happen, right? If it's a, it's, if it's a mental disorder, it's going to happen. But like, figure it out. Get into fucking therapy. Yeah, I love how we sound like we, again, I feel like we're sharing a cell block and now we're about to be like, and we're about to give you guys advice. Are you ready for it? Yeah, it's like, I need padded walls, (laughs) yet I'm like giving advice. No, I don't mean, I don't feel qualified to give advice other than the fact that I feel like, this is what I said about you at the beginning, I feel similarly about myself. Like you have awareness, even if the stuff going on feels like it's a a little bit chaotic, at least you're aware of what's going on and the dynamics at play. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the people that are like deep in crazy town are when they're like totally in like living in like these illusions and like they don't see their own pattern. You're like, I know, I didn't feel like I was getting love and he fulfilled that. So I excused this and that. Yeah. But in the, I mean, in the moment, I wasn't like, I hate myself, but this guy's great. Right. You know, in the moment, like, you were like, this feels good. And but I'll looking back, that. I'm like, why did I overlook things that I shouldn't have? Yeah. Yeah. Before we go into the questions, have you seen Nikki Glaser post um, that book, Alan Carr's The Easy Way? That book is full of shit. Why? I'm not an addict, so I've never read it, but the amount of reviews she shares, I'm always like, if I were an addict, I would get this book because it seems like it's like so good. Can you, ex- what is your thoughts on that? Okay, first that? of all, I read Alan's Car's Easy Way to Quit Drinking for women, which I think is hilarious that this guy's writing a book for women yeah. about how they need to quit drinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Alan Carr. This guy is such a fucking showboat. And great. I think that's great work for fucking Nikki Glaser. I'm not trying to shit on her, but yeah, like, yeah. If you're a true alcoholic, you're not going to read that book and be like, I'm cured now. And I just don't think, not to say she's not an alcoholic or whatever. I don't really know her story. But if you read that book and you can quit, you're not a fucking alcoholic. Because I read that book and I was like, Mm -hmm. because it's like, once you finish this book, you can drink while you're reading it. But once you finish this book, you'll never want to drink again. It says that? Yeah. Drink while you're reading it? It's like, sure, you keep drinking. It's like, basically like, why are you drinking? That's the whole thing. It's like, why do you need a drink? It's going to make you uglier. That was one of the chapters. It was like as a woman. Physically? Yes. Because alcohol, I mean, it deteriorates. No, I understand that. I mean, look at Chelsea Handler. (laughs) I mean, seriously. And look Look, at J-Lo who doesn't drink. The difference between Chelsea Handler and J-Lo or I think about Sarah Silverman, that's the difference between booze every day and not. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Is he a drinker? No, he says he doesn't really drink. There you go. He said that's his key to youth. Yeah. That's what keeps me going. Yeah. We're like, we're like, like, that's what keeps (laughs) us going and pour me another. No, truly. Yeah. But that book, it's just like, it's basically saying don't drink. Yeah. But it's like, there's so much more to not drinking than not drinking. It's right. like mental illness. Like I was like in a really bad place. It's Clinical not, addiction. Like Yeah. It's not like that easy to quit drinking. Yeah. And so I found the book very like coming from a place of like. Righteousness. Exactly. Like that's great that you can quit drinking. That means you're not an alcoholic. Right. It's not like inspiring you to like change your ways. It just feels like it's like lecturing you on like, this is right. That's wrong. This is why I'm right. Yeah. I literally read that book on my way to a trip to Miami. I finished the book and had a cocktail right after I finished it. I was like, for you. 
<laughs> I was like, this is... You should have posted a picture of it. Um, I mean, I thought about it, but at that point, I've been... I, I call myself the girl who cried White Claw. I'm always like, <laughs> I'm quitting drinking, guys. And then... It's a process. It's a it's a journey. I mean, I mean, I think about, and I don't love this podcast, although we listen to it, um, Armchair Expert with Dax. I'm like, Dax was sober for like 10, 15 years, and then he like, he like relapsed, and now he's sober again. And it's just like, that's so... It's common. Like, I don't... I don't like it's hard for me to speak to as someone who's not an addict, but at least I've heard stories of of that being like the the experience. Yeah. Like and, starting over and like it's fluid, the journey. Yeah. Like my psychiatrist in rehab was like, you're probably gonna drink again. Jesus, you sound like you have like a lot of weird people around. The book's but, like, drink during it. Your psychologist said, like, you're gonna drink after. Well, she was like, don't put that pressure on yourself of like, right, right. And it's like, if you drink. The stakes are so high. Exactly. It's West Side Comedy. Exactly. Let it I'm be like, West Side not Comedy. Don't worry about it. Last night I won a cocktail, but I'm on a pill now to like help cravings. Is it that pill that like you get sick if you drink alcohol? It is, but it's not an abuse. It's called naltrexone. Oh yeah, I think I, you're supposed to get sick if you drink alcohol. Yeah, but it's also it's binge eaters have it, so it like stops you from craving anything. Oh, so like I lost a bunch of weight, and um, my mom was like all concerned, and I was like, Nah, just um, I've got this pill. She didn't know. She did know, but like, she's like. <laughs> She's, she's a drunk. She's just like, I'm not really, sh- I've just never seen you thin before. <laughs> I was like, thanks mom. Oh um, but you're close with your parents. You're yeah, close with yeah. them. But my mom's like, you know, there's always something concerning to her. Yeah. That's I think typical of most parents. Um, So we had a lot of people write in for questions for you. Oh, hell yeah. So let's start with some of them. Aren't we the perfect people to give advice? So yeah. the first question for you, Hannah. Well, someone wrote, is Hannah, we got a few, is Hannah single? A few, really? We got a few as Hannah single. And I think it's pretty clear if you've been listening this far, Hannah is single. You know, I am hooking up with my neighbor though. Wait, how did you do? Um, how? On move-in day, by the way. <laughs> how? So we've been hooking up for five weeks. So I had Bumble, which I deleted all my dating apps now, but I had it. And he FaceTimed me off Bumble. And I was like, are you on street? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I live on street. He's like, me too. How did you know he was on street? Because I could just see the buildings behind him. like the Oh, because he FaceTimed you. Yeah, he FaceTimed oh, okay, me. And okay. I was like, oh, that's my street. Oh my God. And You're so giving I went out- all of your locations. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, bleep that. <laughs> and I went outside and we just I'm like- so glad they found my ID. You could write all of your information. <laughs> my parents live at- I'm at boop, boop, boop. <laughs> and then I went outside and I talked to him. And then he was like, do you want to come over and watch TV? And I, I can make dinner. And at this point, I had no setup because I was moving in. And I was like, yeah. And we didn't like have sex or anything, but he made me dinner, he gave me pajamas. I slept in his bed. You slept over the first night? Yeah. Wow. Um, do you think that that hurts your chance? Are you looking for anything serious with him? We didn't have sex. But are, I know, but so what? Uh, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not looking for anything serious. And so you've been, you've been like hanging out with him after that? Yeah, we ha- we probably have hang out twice a week, two times, two, three times a week. And it's, is it all, it's mutual, comes from both of you. What do you mean? Am I knocking on his door? Or is he knocking on yours? <laughs> no, yeah, it's mutual. But he's like, I don't want anything serious. And I I am not emotionally available. And I started laughing and because he didn't know what I've just been through for the past four months. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, don't worry about it. Because I really don't want a boyfriend. And I know that girls say that and they're like secretly want one. But the no after, secret. It, it, yeah, it's like clear. Yeah. But I just, I'm so scared to like, I just feel so mindfucked from my last relationship. I'm like, it is so much better to not be like worried about someone being mad at me or being like in trouble or like yelled at. I just just want to like live my fucking life. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel though that when you hook up with someone in your building that like- Well, what he's if across you- the street. He's across, not in my building. Okay. So you're not going to like see him bring people home. Uh, Unless no. you're like staring out your window with binoculars. Yeah. My, my uh, apartment's towards the back. So I feel pretty safe. But anyway, if any of those guys are cute, I'm down. Okay. So I'll, we'll go through their handles. Okay, what do you think about your partner jerking off at home when you're out? Who cares? Great. Oh, yeah, I don't care about that. What? Yeah. I don't think that's weird. Well, my ex had my vibrator. I thought that was weird. Hit it? Yeah. This one? This crazy ex? Crazy ex. He's so bad, Hannah. I know. And he never went it down on me. doesn't stop getting bad with this guy. It's like so, so bad. Yeah, never went down on me and hit my vibrator. Ugh, I... There's a lot for you to look at why you why you kind of played what role you did in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I can't be in a relationship right now. Yeah, that's totally fine. It's yeah, just, yeah. it's it's alarming. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary. Well, I had a girlfriend one time 
who would um, come home sometimes if I was like, if she was like, hadn't been over in a while or I forget what it was, but she would like look for my vibrator and like touch it to see if it, I like had just washed it, washed it to like see if I used it. And then would be like, did you just use this? Did you use this recently? Oh my God. I know we didn't last. What, how did you meet her? We worked at the same place. Oh my God. Okay. I'm bad. Wait, how old were you? How old were you guys? I was uh, like 21 and she was like 24 or something. Weird. Yeah. It was like so bad. She was like the type of person who, she was like a lovely, like her personality was like nice. She just was so toxic in relationships. And like, I remember I like went away to a comedy festival one time and I was like off my phone because I was like partying with the comics and because like all these festivals, that's all you do. And I remember she was like location searching where she thought I might be on Instagram and like looking for pictures of me in like the background. And I wasn't picking up my text to the point where it was like 4 a.m. And she called my parents' house phone to tell her that she was worried about me because I wasn't texting her back and like highly like freaked my parents out. We broke up over the phone when I was at that festival because I was so disturbed that she did that. Like woke them up in their sleep to say she was worried about me. Yeah, that's so scary. So fucked up. Like, don't, this is my parents. Like, handle yourself. Then was it awkward at work after? I no longer worked there at that point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. I know. Wait, I have a question. Tell me, and if this is offensive. Yeah. Um, like, How do lesbians have sex? <laughs> what? How do lesbians have sex? Well, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've, you know, done a 69 with a girl. <laughs> when was that? Uh, South by Southwest. <laughs> were you performing no I was just I was there for work but I've always been like you were hard at work I was hard at work it's, well I had like hooked up with girls in college but like you know like never mouse stuff yeah so I was like and always but like yeah intense otherwise yeah but I was like let's just do this yeah I, I didn't hate it yeah but um like at work how do you like suss that out like how do you know she's you know what I mean I was an intern and she was the internship coordinator. And you guys and, were just flirting? And no, I was like, I was like straight at the time in my head. I was like, no, I was like, I knew I was kind of, I knew I like was repressing a desire to like be with women. And she had a boyfriend at the time and she knew I was a stand up, and she came to one of my shows as like a way to like support or something. And then she was like, let's go for a drink. And we went for a drink and she like was telling me how she used to date women. And I just knew by the way that the night was going down that that was her way of being like, so I'm open to like hooking up. And we hooked up that night. Okay. And I like got to like make my own hours. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I mean, people, you could argue it was like a female me too. <laughs> Not really because I consented, but like, you know, there's always those power dynamics at play. Yeah. That's even, even if you consent, it's like still tricky. Yeah. I think. I don't know. If it's your boss and you care about it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Okay. Hannah, what's your worst first date story? Ooh. I feel like I know it. Which one? Uh, well, I'm thinking about just like the tattoo thing. Oh, when I got a tattoo. But that was like a great day. date, wasn't it? Yeah, that was like, I'm still friends with that guy. <laughs> I was actually going to go with him to renew his passport in uh, Dominican Republic. <laughs> Why? Because we're like friends. But then he got a girlfriend. I was like, you should go with her. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, I was like, but they, anyway, but he's cool. No, I'd say my worst first date story was when I got herpes. I didn't get herpes on the first date, but I was like so depressed I got herpes. That's how it happens. You're so sad that you just get it. Yeah, exactly. That's, how did you- <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm saying when I got herpes, I was so depressed. I downloaded the herpes app. Oh, you were like so depressed that you got herpes. Yes. I thought you were so depressed that you got herpes. See, this is like an SAT English question. You're like missing it because yeah, your yeah. verbal's I'm, so low. Exactly. You're I like, didn't know I where to add the comma. You're like, I, I don't understand the nuance in that <laughs> sentence. Sorry, my English is like remedial. I was so upset that I had gotten herpes. Is right. that that's yeah. passive? Okay, whatever. Right. And I downloaded the herpes app, which is $25 a month, by the I'm way. I'm sorry, what's the herpes app? If you have herpes, you get on and you meet other people with herpes and you go on a date based on the fact that you both have herpes. It's called like Herp Finder. <laughs> what's it called? Herp Helper? Herpily Ever After. <laughs> That's amazing. No, it's called um, Positive Singles. Positive Singles. Oh, like you test positive? Yeah, but you could also have AIDS and be on that app. But you can filter it by AIDS, herpes, her, herpes and AIDS. Oh my God. Now they're going to have like an anti-vaxxer portion. Yeah, exactly. Probably. <laughs> so I bet this guy, his name is... <laughs> should I believe that? I mean, whatever. <laughs> Give us your his address while you're at it. 
And we went on a date and he's wearing white jeans. And we met at this bar and he was like, oh, you're a comedian. Like, I don't think I, he was like, you're probably not going to like me saying this. And I'm like, you don't think women are funny? And he was like, no. That's what he said? Yeah. That's the what the guy with herpes had the balls to say. Yeah. And I go, well, <laughs> name five comedians. I yeah. said, name five female Jerry comedians. Seinfeld. He couldn't name five comedians, not even just females. So what is he saying? His friends that he doesn't have? He's saying that Amy Schumer's not funny. And I was like, I'm oh, she's so, not funny. I'm so tired of people saying Amy Schumer's not funny. Me Grow too. up. Amy Schumer's funny. Stop being jealous. Exactly. She's so funny. How is she a multimillionaire if she's not funny? It's the stupidest bullshit. And it's like every YouTube troll has been indoctrinated to believe that Amy Schumer is like the Death Star. It's like the flat earth thing. It's yeah. like just fucking stop. Just stop. Look you, at these photos. <laughs> yeah, just for, and if, also, it's like, fine. If you don't think she's funny, but to say all women are not funny because Amy Schumer is not funny is like, that is such an ignorant fucking thing to say. And it I just- can't even pay attention. It, it just bothered me. And then, so we go, and that already I was pissed off because mm-hmm. I was like, this guy is telling me basically that my career- Wait, is this over text? No, this is in person. Okay, this is in person. And I was like, yeah, I think that's a rude thing to say. Yeah, no shit. And then so we sit down because we were get, grabbing a drink waiting for our table. And we right. go to sit down. Right. And we sit down and he was like, do you talk about herpes on stage? And I was like, he's yeah. Like, he's like, um, what's it called? An incel. And he's like coming to kill you. Literally. You I was can, like, you pick them. You pick them. I just know, I just know toxic when I see it. And yeah. I'm just like, I need this. Yeah. <laughs> I just need this uh, cyanide in my system. Yeah. He goes, that's disgusting. What's disgusting that you talk about it? Yeah. That I talk about herpes. Oh go, yeah. Self-hate. He hates himself. I go, you have it. You have herpes. What do you? He's like, I just don't think that's funny. And I think it's really weird. You tell people. And I go, you're on a fucking herpes dating app. Oh my God. And I was like, okay. I go, okay. And then I call an Uber. We're literally sitting there. Our food's about to come out. You leave. I leave. He's like, are you really leaving? I go, yes, I'm leaving this date. And I get in. So, I mean, there are probably worse dates, I guess. I One time I matched with a guy. We were wearing the same exact outfit and he weighed less than me. So that hurt. That sucks. Yeah. Because I was like hitting 150 at that time. And this guy was probably like 135. <laughs> hitting. <laughs> I was hitting 155. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was hitting 150 and this guy was like 132. We were in the You're same You're like, pants. I was uh, just, I was uh, edging out of the featherweight class. <laughs> no, truly. I was like freshman 15 of life. Oh my God. And we wore the same outfit. That is, what was the outfit? It was a varsity, red, red varsity jacket, a white t-shirt, white high top converse and jeans. That's a cool outfit. Your it photos is- have been so good. Wow. Yeah, Thanks. It you, I can tell that no one ever gives you love because you look shocked every time I say something nice about you. It's so sweet. You do. The uh, the photo I put up of the Q&As. And also, I love the photo of you in the pool with the hamburger and stuff. Oh, wait. But I've, I, this is reminding me that I forgot to circle back to when, when we first met, when you, were, when you were performing, and I was like, wanted to get coffee with you. It was so awkward for me that I like, I didn't want you to think it was awkward of me that I was asking you to get coffee because I didn't want you as fucking lesbian creeps trying to take me out to dinner. Oh no, I thought it was so sweet. I just thought like, because I just moved to New York. Yeah. So I didn't like know anyone. Right, I didn't even know you just moved to New York. I was like, oh, she's just taking her time out to be like, what's up? <laughs> no, I w- no, I thought it was nice. But you know, like make it like friend dates are so awkward. I keep talking about it on the podcast, how it's like, I'm sorry, I'm going to repeat this joke so that Hannah can hear it. But like how it's like when you go on a date, you're like, I'm trying to fuck. When you go on a friend date, you're like, just looking for like a soul connection. It's <laughs> no, like, it's true. You're asking for so much more. Yeah, exactly. And it's like weird because you're like, because on a date, you know what the end goal is. Right. And you're like, any chance you could like support me through thick and thin? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Do you say that on stage? No. You should. That's so funny. Oh, okay, good. It's like, you know, like at least with a date, you know, it might end that night. Yeah. With a friendship date, this could be lifetime. Like it really is like a lifetime. Right. Maybe. Yeah, it could be. Okay, we have some more. Let's play a voicemail. I could like really, I feel like we have so much to say and we haven't even scratched the surface. Okay, let's play this voicemail. Hi, Mrs. Colbert. Uh, my name is Derek Van Buren. Um, I am entering the sixth grade at St. Anthony's School of the Gifted. Um, I am a violin player. I happen to be very, very good. I'm what they call a prodigy. Um, except lately I've been very distracted and not doing great with my music because I've got all these new hormones in my penis uh, and I just can't focus. So this year, uh, my big goal is to bang a chick, specifically Clarissa. She plays upright bass. She's sexy as fuck. 
I'm a little concerned about all these social distancing rules that are going to be put in place. Um, I want to flirt with the ladies, but it's kind of hard with a mask on, um, being six feet away from everybody like a fucking loser. Um, I want to know if you got any advice on how to flirt while uh, respecting the COVID laws. Thanks. Love your show. Bye. At least I have normal fans. <laughs> That's not real. No, it can't be real, right? No way that can be real. But I like the question. I like I like asking how do you flirt and what are the dating guidelines around COVID? Because, I mean, it's like, <laughs> you're not going to believe this, but you're going to just have, have to ask for more consent. <laughs> yeah. Can we go inside? It's just men use it as an exercise to practice consent. <laughs> like you have to ask someone consent when you fuck them. Now you're going to have to ask them consent if I can hug you. Can I shake your hand? Can I take my mask off? Could we go inside? Just use this as an exercise in asking permission, you fucking brute animals. Yeah, that's so true. I tried to write a joke. It just didn't work. But it's the idea of like, it is awkward to flirt because like without a mask, you can be like, oh, like what are you grabbing to drink at a bar? You know, you can be like, oh, what are you getting? But like, now you have to like literally have someone take their mask off, have to, you know what I mean? It's like it's such oh, a thing. Yeah. You might as well just be like, can we have sex tonight? Right. Like there's no small talk now. You have to be kind there's of like deliberate. Costume. Yeah, exactly. Maybe this was a silent disco joke that I'm trying to make it now that I'm thinking about it. Well, there's, so, there's so much awkward choreography around. Can I t- hold your hand? Oh, can we take our masks off now? Or have you been tested? It's like it takes all of the like romance out of it. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty easy when it comes to- <laughs> <laughs> in general, but but I think that the um like a lot of these dating apps now have like you can um put like you're vaccinated, not vaccinated, and like do you think that's bullshit? I mean, I think just people can lie. As someone, what you vaccinated? I am vaccinated. <laughs> do I seem like an anti-vaccinated? No, I just was could go either way. <laughs> no, no, I'm vaccinated. I just mouthed to Hannah. Are you vaccinated? If I wasn't vaccinated, it'd be purely out of laziness, but I did get vaccinated. Yeah. It wouldn't be because I'm an anti-vaxxer. I know I'm vaccinated. I just, um, I think because I got herpes, this guy lied to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't trust anyone. Yeah. I'm like, okay. You've had a lot of, a lot of. Um, trauma. Trauma. A lot of experiences where someone has like broken a trust or like violated some like arrangement that you felt you had. And I think it would be real. Yeah. I see that being difficult. You have trauma. (laughs) Yeah. That stuff is really like those things are little like Sarah Silverman does something about how like just because there's like no scary music playing, it doesn't mean it's not traumatic. Like all these little things that happen to us that feel uncomfortable and violating and they like let us down. Like those create a like narrative that like you have to like work to get out of. No, truly. Well, I, well, my friend was the one who pointed it out to me. She's yeah. Like, everything, you're like, that person's a fucking liar. Yeah. And like, this is going to go bad. You're like, the next time I see you, you're like radicalized. You like, don't believe any of the statistics in the news. You're like, nah, COVID's fake. I don't trust the system. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting there. Yeah. Getting there. Well, I just have a problem with these fucking anti-vaxxers who are fucking making us stay inside. Again. I know. It's but like, they're ev- ruining the fucking party. What is wrong? Like every time, and I am vaccinated and I think everyone should be vaccinated if they can get vaccinated. But every time I try and like open myself up to understanding a fear around vaccines, it's just that everyone like, you no, know, if you believe in vaccines, you're afraid. If you're afraid to get the vaccine, you're afraid. It's like both people are afraid. And like, I see these Instagram stories. I'm not defending it. Like I don't support it at all. But I see these Instagram stories of people being like, fuck anti-vaxxers and like, look at the statistics, you idiot. And it's like, that doesn't, that will never convince someone that doesn't believe in a vaccine because you posted a graph on your Instagram story. Well, I just think everyone feels the need to be like, I'm doing this because I'm- I'm Fauci's kid. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Everyone's like, well, you know, if I, you know, everyone thinks if they have a strong enough opinion, it's going to fucking matter, but it doesn't. It's like what you said about Alan Carr, though. It's like, if you have a righteousness about you where you're like, this is the right way to do it. Can't you just see it? That doesn't work. I'll just drink after the book too. Yeah, exactly. You have to be open to like receiving information that would change your opinion. Exactly. And most people aren't. We have like so many more questions, but we have to go to my my final part of the podcast and I have to just do another episode with you because please like everyone wrote in for you, Hannah. People, more people wrote in for you than any other person I've put on and I've put on two. Wow. Yeah. I'm fucking flattered right now. I can't believe it. Like even sometimes when I put up, I don't get this much. 
What what's a here? I'll just I'm gonna give more. I'm gonna give you this is like a small one that you can just like I you'll riff on this. But would you rather get an atomic wedgie or a swirly? This is for you, Hannah. I've always wanted a swirly. <laughs> you to your head flushed in the toilet. I guess not. That do you want to do hair. that on the next podcast episode? Sh- should we try it? I just I we think it's atomic. We call detectives. Since- <laughs> I have inverse eczema, so I have eczema in my asshole. So like, do you really? Yeah. I have a lot of issues. I have a lot of issues, dude. So <laughs> I, I have like a flaky, flaky asshole. And it bleeds sometimes. Anna. Anyway, yeah. So an atomic wedgie, I get those all the time. With you're you're used to it. I'm used to it. My asshole bleeds on the rig. To- you need like ass chapstick. Literally. Is that a thing? Yeah, I Loop. have it. No, it's like this cream. It's expensive. Wow. So sorry. Um, okay, so I asked this questionnaire at the end of uh, my guests coming on because I loved this questionnaire growing up on Inside the Actor's Studio and I would just like hearing what people have to say. Oh, love Inside okay, the er, Actor's Studio. Okay, so you're on Inside the Actor's Studio. I'm James Lipton, James Lipton. All right, Hannah, what is your favorite word? Fuck. I guess that. Is it fuck? I guess so. You I can, go, it's my go-to. Okay. My favorite word? Oof. Uh I say truly a lot. Like Mm -hmm. truly, you know, emphasizes things. Okay. I say like a lot. Truly is such a powerful word. Word. Oh, like, like, and truly. Legitimately. What is your least favorite word? Um, Probably, actually, like is my least favorite word because I say it way too much and I can't help it. Okay. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? I went to this whole cycle today and I cried. Exercise? Exercise. Or group cycling classes? group cycle of that brand <laughs> I just like when yes I went yesterday and today and they were just like whatever you're going through and I was like I'm going through a lot it hits you it hits me wow when you're just some people it really like penetrates it does because they know what to fucking say <laughs> they catch you what turns you off mm, liars I knew you were gonna say that <laughs> did you yeah she's gonna say liars because I, I heard you all episode fake you fakers well, we, who we were talking about earlier? Fakers. Fakers. Because it's just like posers. Posers are people who Lying, act really nice. Social climbing posers. Exactly. People who are like your best friend, but don't really are it's just horrible. using you. I'm like, I can see right through this fucking shit. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck, for sure. What sound or noise do you love? Mm. I do like the ocean. It's mm, great. That's pretty basic, huh? That's mm, good. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, Obviously, nails on a chalkboard, right? Yeah. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I would like to, I would love to design clothes or be a stylist. If I had an artistic talent, I worked in wardrobe. My first internship was at Chelsea Lately and I worked in wardrobe. Oh my God. And it That's was so fun. fun. It was yeah. in LA. Yeah, it was in LA. That's fun. What profession would you not like to do? I would hate to work at Amazon or I'd hate to be in finance mm. or something where you're just looking at Excel all day. Yeah. That I'm pretty sure people so at Amazon draining. are like boxing things in like underdeveloped countries. Yeah. That's draining. Being a factory <laughs> worker. Ugh. <laughs> Being some migrant factory worker. Vomit. Yeah. Ew. No, just kidding. Um, also, I have a friend who's an escort and I would hate that as well. I think it would be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. And I- no judgment. I just think it would be a really hard job. Yeah, that's because you're like constantly setting boundaries. Yeah, I'd be like, "Don't give me five hundred dollars." Are you lying to me? me? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who is this woman? Your wife. (laughs) (laughs) If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You don't have herpes anymore. Ah. Hannah, thank you so much for coming on. We really, we really haven't even cracked. Yeah, I feel bad. Did we not talk about? No, we did. We we have to have another episode. You set this up like that on purpose. I did. I'm not going to avoid all these questions. So she'll book me again. Obviously. Hey, I'm Noah Farrell, Fiona. What's her name? The Booker. Fawn. You guys got to meet. Yeah, we got to meet. I got to meet my doppelganger. Anyway, you can find Hannah. Are you hands dicky on everything? Yeah. Is there anything else you want to plug? No. We got thousands of listeners. Thousands. Really? Yeah. Hell yeah. I have a podcast called Don't Tell Mom. It's so good. I was on it. It's so fun. Your stories are great. I mean, your episode's great. You made me realize that just because someone doesn't have sex with me doesn't mean they're not a fan. Yeah. Okay, that's great. We'll see you soon. Bye, guys. Bye.